Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Wow, Ty, do you have a cold? Uh, no, man, I just suffer from... Allergies. Welcome to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. And we're listening to the Bare Naked Ladies again. <laughs> Always. <laughs> That's just politically it's correct. Our, 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 our special <laughs> spring allergy edition. Disturbing yet compelling Christian radio. Absolutely. We run the risk of just being dis- disturbing without compelling. But. <laughs> yeah. We we may have lost our compelling edge. I don't know. Lent, Lent does that to me. I don't know about you, we're, but we're I, I both just, veggies. I, I lose it's terrible. I, I lose all my edge in Lent. It's I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, we just we just scrapped an entire first half. We we did was, a, a whole first half. It was so bad we just couldn't bear it. And not even we could bear no, it. No, we we threw it away. It was just it was tohu vabohu. But well, that formless too. and void. That, that that's that's true. But that doesn't mean that parts of it can't be salvaged. Well, we'll save it for the best of uh, part two or something. Like no, that. I'm not saying of that. That no, that thing's that thing's disappearing. That, <laughs> that, we're, we are erasing that. I don't want I don't want future generations to stumble upon that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take and, the bull uh, by the horns right here and right now, Mister. Our phone, our phone number is area code six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen. Which spells Manly Doctors 13, Manly Durs 13. We are the Manly Doctors of Divinity, the ir- the irreverent reverends of religion. Or just Durs. Or Durs. <laughs> the mothership, godwhispers.com or .org, depending on where your fingers land on the keyboard. And our email, godwhispers at gmail.com. We do have, we do have one, one piece of email. From an, we're, we're on Facebook, from Twitter, a- <laughs> YouTube. We even have a YouTube. We need to do more YouTubes. We we need to do YouTube. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, oh we've got oh, our no. Amarula edition, but I, I lost the. Uh Oh, what what are you looking for? I, I lost I lost my uh <laughs> I lost the Gmail. Hang on. Uh oh. Hang on. Uh, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, once again, just disturbing radio. It's stellar. <laughs> oh, here it is. Stellar radio. Here here it is. It's 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 our friend Brian. It's our friend Brian. Is Doug going to read this? Doug's going to read this. Brian here, again. You'll recall me as the guy who presented you with the bacon toothpaste link. Here is another to Denny's Bacon Sunday. HTTP colon slash slash www.slashfood.com slash 2011 slash 04 slash 04 slash Denny's dash maple dash bacon dash Sunday dash reviewed slash question ICID equals my aim dash rid 7% 7C and AIN 5% 7CDL 3% 7CSEC1 underscore LNK 2% 7C54365. I appreciated that you mentioned the bacon toothpaste on a previous show. Bacon blessings, Brian. 
<laughs> and it's going off the rails again already. Gents. Oh, oh no, not it's, again. It's, I'm turning it's him happening down. Again. What was it? What was that link again? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the text to speech for those links. It just sounds like those legal disclaimers at the end like of the uh, You know, you can speed that up even more on your Mac. So, yeah, I know. So that, it's, it's it's like the like the end of the commercial. That's is, only about That's only about sixty percent. Yeah. yeah, he's referring to uh, Denny's Baconalia. The Baconalia. Which I have you tried that yet? No, I want to though. For Lent? Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> did you have bacon on Monday? I did. I, I did. I, now, I I managed to slip it in. I mean, it, I I did not have bacon at breakfast, but bacon slipped in at dinner. I had a bacon dish at Disneyland at uh, Catal's, which is a fancy restaurant over there, Yeah, that uh, actually doesn't have bacon as we know it, but it's basically a big slab of bacon meat that's been braised, and, <laughs> oh, and it's oh, yeah. beautiful. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, good old Steve Mo ordered that, and it was delicious. Speaking of uh, the that. first article, gifts and bacon... First article. Yeah. That means I, I that we're actually going to get to business. <laughs> I, I, I unearthed a Nagel sermon. Uh, and the, the, uh, the title of the file says first article. And so it's kind of, that, that, this sounds kind of fascinating. In, in sort of uh, just reviewing it, he, he mentions all kinds of first article things, including in a timely way, earthquakes. And that of which uh, we've had a few recently over in Japan. One more today and as Nippon, we're recording. Yeah. Oh, today, really? Yep, 7.1. They are rocking and rolling. Wow. But uh, I, I think, there's, I, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff that could be uh, discussed here under first art. So you want to give, want to give the uh, first yeah, article? Yeah, let's, let's give let's, good old let's, Dr. Nagel let's, a listen Let's hear here. from Dr. Nagel on the first Divide article. transfusion blood. Is that the beginning? Whoops, the that's not the beginning. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try from the top. Well, I'm, <laughs> it, it actually kind of cuts in quickly. The editing here is very choppy. So. The world is full of a number of things. There we go. I'm sure we should all be as happy as kings. Robert Louis Stevenson called that a happy thought. Above the sky, there must dwell a dear Heavenly Father wrote Schiller, and Beethoven said to music, joy, bright effulgence of the gods. And then there are hurricanes, earthquakes, and AIDS virus transmitted by transfusion blood. And whose are the volcanoes? <laughs> In the plague, Camille tells of a prisoner looking up at the stars through the grilled window of his cell and ponders the sublime indifference of the universe. If there is a God, is that God beneficent, malicious, or indifferent? The evidence is conflicting. And we'll get no further staring at the stars, the sunsets, tornadoes, or flowers that bloom in the string, tra have nothing to do with the case. None of the foregoing can be blamed on man. If there is anyone to blame, it must be God. If there is a God, and is he then beneficent, malicious, or indifferent? Like flies to wanton boys are we to the gods, they kill us for their sport. Makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Is the first article 
any help. Not if it comes first. It begins, I believe. And faith is not born of the first article. Faith begins in the third, where the Holy Spirit delivers to us as gifts all that our Savior achieved for us. All of our Savior is confessed in the second article. He did it all, and it's all given to us as gift. Gift, gifts received is faith. Then faith swings into the first article and receives everything there in the life of faith, that is, as gift. Gift because given, and given by such a God who has made us alive as his own by way of the third and the second article. Made alive as one of his own, Dorayan, and Dorayan then also the first article. There is no place where my life goes on, the life he has given me as one of his own. No place where he is not God, not such a God as was on the cross for me, who put his name on me with the water and into my mouth his body and his blood. There is nowhere in all the world a surer fact than all of that. When all of the evidence contradicts uh, that he bothers about us or at all, the large catechism has us confess indestructibly, nevertheless, I am baptized. Those who thus confess are they who also may then confess, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Or the other way round, the Apostles' Creed was born of the name put upon us with the water of holy baptism. It is given to the baptized thus to confess the first article. Traditio and reditio symboli. To get the first article wrong, to end up in doubt or despair, you have first to chuck your baptism. His name on you with the water, according to the Lord's mandate and institution. Three things, as the small catechism has us confess, name, water, mandate. Not water only, but water as in the Lord's mandate and with his words, his name. But water for sure, no water, no holy baptism. And water is there for you. For sure. Water, first article stuff. But we mayn't start there, poetically or religionsgeschichtlicherweise, as in water, water everywhere, primordial slime, amniotic water, Aphrodite's birth, Nile water, Osiris water. Water which kills and renews life. Similitude talk, says Dr. Luther, and of holy baptism, do not ponder the fact that the water is wet, but rather that it has the words of the Lord. That Lord, those words, that water, all his, all gift for you. His also all the other water. 
When next you get drowned in a typhoon, go to it as one baptized, watered with the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here's the water of your baptism. Here's the water of the typhoon, which brings your baptism to fulfillment. Amen. Better in the mirror. Now, listen carefully. In Hartford, Hereford, and Hampshire, <laughs> hurricanes hardly ever happen. Now, repeat that after me. In Hartford, Hereford, and Hampshire, hurricanes hardly ever happen. In Hartford, Hereford, and Hampshire, hurricanes <laughs> hardly ever happen. Oh, no. I couldn't help it. He said hurricanes. <laughs> and I, I immediately went to, yes, I, my sexuality is questionable here. Wow. My fair lady. Wow. Next thing we'll be breaking out into show tunes. Well, don't worry. I've got that lined <laughs> yeah, up also. That could, that could happen as well. <laughs> Dr. Nagel on article. the first or, or article. Good sermon, rather, on the article, first article. I, I like this notion that the first article makes sense only when it doesn't come in first. Right. <laughs> but third. Well, yeah, because the second and the third lead you back to the first. Right. And, and uh, what I love this, and that's right, in the catechism, we say, I believe that God has made me and all creatures. Meaning that, this, that, that, the, that alone is an article of faith. You, right, you which cannot, takes you to the third article of the Holy Spirit, right. which enlightens us. And that's where faith begins, is the third leading us to the second, that is Christ and all he has done for us and for our salvation, and then to the first. And so first article stuff uh, makes sense only by way of the third and the second. So in this case, the Father proceeds from the Son and the Holy Spirit. No. <laughs> however, at, at least creedily. <laughs> however, but see, this is interesting in a number of aspects. The, the work of creation um, is perceptible only by way of the article of faith and of Christ. Right. And so, so, you know, we always joke about the creationists and creationism, but where it doesn't proceed, A, from faith, and B, through Christ, it's not going to get anywhere productive. And, and as Nagel indicated, it would be no different than the poets. And he's very poetic. This was a very, this was a very literary sermon with, with uh, Schiller and uh, who else? I mean, it, Lots of lots of lots of poetic quotations, all extolling nature and creation and and things like that. I noticed that part of the sermon was actually even in English, which was nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, it, it's one of those things that we harp on all the time when people say that I feel close to God in nature. So you know, the sunset at the beach, the beautiful mountain vista. Uh, looking at a field of flowers or or something like that, and 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 I, I love how how Nagel deromanticizes all of this: the earthquake, the typhoon, the AIDS virus. Deal with that. <laughs> That's in nature too. Well, you know how do, how do you answer people who who come up with that kind of a thing? Where uh, yeah, I I commune with God in nature. Well, I like I like Nagel's alternatives here. I wrote them down. Is God beneficent is is he good is he malicious that is you know is he is he intent on doing you harm or is he indifferent see and that that's kind of that that's about those are that's where you're left when you're gawking at nature you have no hard evidence that he is beneficent 
malicious or indifferent. In fact, right. he appears not to care. Or it's like Capon's thing where God is a non-interventionist. You know, he doesn't get in the way of these natural processes. So tectonic plates kind of do a shift, and they cause a big tidal wave, and they sweep over Japan and mess up nuclear power plants, and God is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, there's no for you-ness when it's just you and nature Heck out there. No. There's, I mean, there's, <laughs> you, you need a dead guy on a cross to help you with that. Right, and a baptism. Right. And notice how that—it's interesting how a sermon on the first article ends up in the water of baptism. Right. And then he does this riff of water, all, all, the, all this kind of water everywhere. And, you, I, you know, I remember, I think I remember what, what germinated this sermon is we all went over to uh, Our Lady of the Snows over in Illinois. It's a monastery, one of these, one of these apparitions of Mary kind of thing, but it was a monastery or convent or something, but it was a, a conference on baptism. Hmm. And Nagel actually del- he delivered a paper on this. But a lot of the talk at the conference was first article talk on water, how water brings life, how water is necessary for life, how uh, water washes and cleanses things. And so they're kind of moving from the natural properties of water to some sort of a natural theology of baptism, if you will, uh, to which Nagel dismisses all of that as similitude talk. <laughs> you know, it's not the water, but the word in and with the water that does these things. Right. Well, it's the name and the mandate in the baptism that makes the water a special water. Precisely. Right? Otherwise, it's just water. And yet, then, there's no denial of the first article. It's not like the water's not necessary. He says it flat out, no water, no baptism. Right. So we're not going to be talking about some spirit baptism or some spiritualized thing that happens on your insides that don't get your outsides wet. <laughs> but 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 the thing that makes baptism what it is is not water alone, but the water with the word, the mandate, the promise, the name, and uh, and that. But but it's 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 interesting how he he will not stay put in the first article. So it's like there's no natural theology that's going to be satisfying. Hmm. I. I... Dr. Nagel helped me tremendously to embrace the physicality of our Christianity instead of the spirituality only. You know, a lot of people over-spiritualize things so much. And uh, he was talking in our holy ministry class about how when you are presented for your ordination and the pastors gather around you to give you a blessing, uh, he said if one of the pastors is kind of hovering his hand over your head... Oh, yes, I've heard the head, hovering hand thing. Yeah, he said... You reach up. We'll have none of that. Reach up and slap it down <laughs> on top of your head. He said, do it hard. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, all that goes back to the... the that's the Hebrew smika, you know, the laying on of hands. Right, yeah. And, and that was concrete. That was basically saying, this animal for me. Right. You know, his blood for my blood, his death in, in place of my death, that kind of thing. And that's terribly concrete and earthy and very first article. Yeah. In, in the sense that God uses material. Well, yeah, let's look at that real quick here. We have the material matter of water in our baptism, the material matter of... Material, is material matter, is that, is that kind of redundant? I don't know, it? whatever. We got the material of water. We've got the that material better, of, yes, yeah. of bread and wine, which is... I, I keep saying it requires as much faith to believe that that's actually bread as it does to <laughs> believe that Christ is truly present. Yeah. Uh, what other material things do we have? We've got a, a crazy pastor standing in front of you with the words of absolution. Uh, they do at your church. Yeah, that's true. Well, the, 
Come on. <laughs> I've worked with you. I know better. What what other sorts of is that is that about it for material nature of the sacraments? Well, but but everything that God does and deals with us is always through material. That that's whole, this whole nature of vocation, yeah, God's masks. You know that yeah. he 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 is hidden behind, in, with, and under the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. I mean, how does the scriptures come? How do the scriptures come to us? They come uh, as printed words on a page. You know, paper, ink. You know, you know, going going to church, you're you're always handling material, uh, and that's kind of the big Gnostic lie that mm. we have to deal with. All oh, you don't need any of that material stuff. You know, there's no part of our lives that is not material. When you pray, you pray with words. If you pray out loud, you're pushing air molecules around. Yeah. Oh, and there's a material of a voice box involved in That's right. all of that. Uh, yeah. I, I was just thinking of uh, Islam and uh, their love <laughs> for the material of, of the Quran. You know, oh, that, well, yeah, that bozo sure. in Florida that burned the Quran and they, you know, they yeah, go what's, ape in what's the Middle with East. with him? I mean, is this is this is a publicity grab? Yeah, or? I think so. Idiot provoking idiots is kind of you the know, way that I put it. You there know? is nothing, nowhere in the history of Christianity. Now, I'm, I'm sure you could find, you know, something going on in some pocket of the world. But but nowhere in, in Orthodox Christian doctrine is there's is there this notion of provoking the unbeliever, provoking the pagan? Well, the Roman Catholics burned Luther's works. Yeah, I, I said Orthodox, <laughs> and I don't mean Eastern. Ah, but, but there's there's nothing there's nothing in the teaching of Jesus. There's nothing in the teaching of Paul or, or anywhere in the New Testament that that you don't see Paul taking uh, taking you know the books of the pagans to Mars Hill and burning them no. as being heretical or burning them as being misleading and right. dangerous. No. In fact, he quotes a hymn to Zeus and applies it to God at, 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 the, at the Areopagus. You know, in him we live and move and have our being. That's from a hymn to Zeus. And he redirects all that and says, nope, you know, it's about the, about the guy whom God has sent in the flesh who died and rose again. Yeah, he actually uses their material... For the sake of the gospel. exactly, I you know I think that if Christians going to do apologetics with the with the with the Muslims, you have to look for points of contact and overlap, hmm. you know, and point out that the you know the merciful one is the one who shows mercy in Christ, His Son, who died and rose to save us. So Paul was being contemporary and relevant. Paul was being missional and attractional. He, he was being, he wow. was he, he was being <laughs> all sorts of church growth stuff oh, going on here. I mean, he was emergent. Wow. Paul was an emergent Jew. Holy cow. Now we're going to get hate, man. That's it. Yeah. we The Apostle you, Paul, the first emergent. You've equated him with Rob Bell. Now we're going to get hate, <laughs> he man. Was, he was the Rob Bell of his age. <laughs> now you're doing a series on baptism for Lent, right? I am, in, in conjunction with a bunch of other pastors. So I only have, I, I, play, I play one tune five times, four actually. That's nice. If you can get it. You know, it, it, it's funny. It doesn't quite work out that way, though, because I can't preach a sermon I've already preached. You always go back to it and say, oh, I got it. You know, I should have done this. So yeah. I'm always rewriting it. But we're doing baptism as new birth, baptism as new creation, baptism as death and resurrection. Um, and I forgot what the other two are now. So you're going to throw a little more first article stuff in it this Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks. To, thanks. I actually do. I mine is baptism is new creation. Oh, nice. And and so I I actually start in Genesis one, verse two, 
and that all things were made through water and spirit, you know, that the spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, my point is that where water and word and spirit are, there is new creation. So you can go from creation to flood to new creation, to baptism, to the revelation and the, the living water, the stream of living water flowing from the Father and the Son. That really is heavy on the first article. It, 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 you know, it is, because water is very first article. <laughs> but yeah, I, think, I think Nagel ties it together. Where does, where, does that, where does first article water point you? Third article water. Baptism. Explain. Oh, baptism. Where, yeah. does, where, does, where does third article water bring you second article water? Dead Jesus on the cross with water flowing from his side. Right. And only then can you return to the first article and get it right. Otherwise, you end up, you end up like, like uh, you know, Stiller, and you become just a pagan worshiping the creature rather than the creator, worshiping water rather than the source of the water. Hmm. Or like the Samaritan woman at the well worrying about water that you work for, you know, give me some of this water so I don't have to keep coming back every day, right. yeah. rather than living water which wells up to eternal life is what Jesus was about. And all of this goes by the way of gift, which is great. Now, the trick, glad you mentioned that, yeah. because the trick is then to see the water that sweeps you away, which is rather timely. This sermon was probably preached, I think, about easily. If, it, if it's the occasion that I think it is, then it's about 20 years ago. Wow. Or 18, about 18 years ago. But um, he's, you know, he mentioned that the water of your baptism and the water of the typhoon that brings your baptism in your death to its fulfillment. Mm. It's a gift. Yeah. But you can only receive those first article gifts as gifts, especially when they're not going your way, or they testify that God is not uh, not only you know beneficent, but he is also uh, quite there and, and present in all of this working good, you know, that his will is good and gracious. You can only see that through the water of baptism by way of Christ on the cross. Now, in what ways would you see that uh, tsunamis and that sort of thing have worked to good? That maybe it drives people to ponder their humanity and their <laughs> the fact that they're only here for a short time? Or, I mean, what, what sorts of goods could you see out of these things? I can't see. I see no good whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, it's a great evil. But yeah. God has used it for good. And as uh, the way Nagel points out, the good that he uses it for is he brings the baptized to the fulfillment of their baptism. So it's the baptized believer who receives the tidal wave as gift. Uh, to the pagan who's worshiping nature, uh, his God has turned against him. Hmm. You know, and, and there's nothing but despair. What else is there? Because, or, or you could be like Richard Dawkins. You know, for the atheist, this is not a problem because nature is just a bunch of brute forces at work, you know, and, and basically they'll annihilate you as easily, as easily as they'll make something cool and new. Well, it's, it's, it's completely capricious. Time for a break. Time for a break. We'll be back. Soft, soft and low, when it ends up with a kiss, oh, well. Is the song that goes like this? Where is it? Where? Where? A sentimental song that casts a magic spell. They all will hum along. We'll overact like hell. Oh, this is 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now we can go straight into the Middle Eight. A bridge that is too far for me. Awfully high for me. But everyone can see we should have stayed in B. For this is our song that goes like this. I'm feeling very proud. You're singing far too loud. That's the way that this song goes. You're standing on my toes. With this song, it goes on and on and on. For this is our song that is too long. Jesus Christ, God damn it! Don't be singing this too long. You'll wish that you weren't born. Let's stop this damn refrain before we go insane. Welcome to the God Whispers Lounge. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. <laughs> and I'm Bill Swirla. Where do you find this music? This is Richard Cheese, who is, uh, I believe, the producer of Johnny Aloha, which means nothing that, to anyone that except says, me. That says a lot right there. This is awesome. This is, this is really good. This is probably the best Bohemian Rhapsody. Now it just went into Benny Hill. I'm sorry, what's the next line? <laughs> sorry. Galileo Figaro. Magnifico. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Ah, yes. That's great. Richard Cheese. You know, I, I admire people with real talent. That, that, that takes talent. He's kind of nasally, but... Hey, he's doing satire, though. Yeah, it's true. I mean, what, you're criticizing his vocal no, no, technique? No, no, no. The guy's doing Bohemian Rhapsody as a lounge act. Does he play all the instruments? I have no idea. Nothing really matters. Not like that Italian guy that you found on Facebook. That guy was phenomenal. A modern one-man band. Tua. <laughs> That's just great. <laughs> the God Whispers disturbing and sometimes compelling Christian radio. We, for lack of content, have decided to make this an all-Nagel episode. All-Nagel all the time. Yeah. Which, you know, you really can't get enough of. I, I've dug up another one from the Nagel archives here. We, we did first article gifts by way of the third and the second. 
And uh, this could be like a crash course in Nagel. I think if you listen to about 10 of these Nagel sermons, it's the same as taking a year's worth of Nagel <laughs> courses. From the graveyard of forgotten sermons. <laughs> here comes <laughs> right Norman here Nagel. from the collected chapel sermons, which I think you can still locate a CD. <laughs> that It almost sounds, doesn't that sound so 1990s? That's a right. CD. Uh, over at Logia, Logia right. Books Logia. or Logia something, yeah, but Logia, that Journal of Lutheran Theology, of which I'm supposed to be on the editorial board. <sighs> but are, are they still publishing? They are <laughs> publishing. What does that mean these days, huh? Well, putting out issues, I yeah, guess. printing, actually printing things on paper. I'd say print media is just. I remember back in 1994. I <laughs> 94, it was. yeah, way back then. There was a, a young, idealistic <laughs> summer vicar in Hacienda Heights <laughs> who said to his much older and distinguished senior pastor, yeah. Pastor Swirla, uh-huh. I believe a day is coming where paper will be gone and we will be reading everything on computers and such. I just didn't believe it. And the Heresy. Old, Heresy. old distinguished pastor who was still <laughs> writing with a quill uh, said, no way, ain't going to happen. Nope. And it still happening. hasn't happened. But it's happening. <laughs> but it is happening. But you know what? The Kindle. The Kindle is where it's going because it doesn't hurt your eyes like the iPad and all the rest. I note that you now are a proud owner of an iPad. I am. I am. They're blowing out Generation 1 for 200 bucks off, and I said, can't buy a used one for 200 bucks off right now. So no. I, I broke down and did it. That's a sweet deal. Yeah. Get the T-Chess get the Pro and learn how to play chess. It has a killer chess app. T-Chess Pro. Or the Moron Test if you're up. If you, if <laughs> that's, that's more my speed. Have you ever played the Moron Test? No. I have no idea. Great it game. It, it's, really? it is my, my niece... Is got, it a, is it a brain hurt. teaser kind of thing? Yeah, or? yeah. Okay. It's 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 the people who thought up the moron test are evil. They they just sit around and <laughs> you know it'll have things like push the green button five times, and so you go you know ding 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 ding, and then the, between the fourth and the fifth time that you push it, the green button turns red. <laughs> The thing is evil, <laughs> and, and so you got to pay attention. Which means I'm and, I'm and as you go up and up in layers, the deviousness gets worse yeah, and I'm, worse. I'm and just worse. really screwed because I'm oblivious to to the point where if instructions appear against a blue background, you're supposed to do the opposite. Nice. And and what's clever about the moron test is it it it's the way they set you up because because you'll be doing a certain task and then you do something else and, and it's all going really well. And then they'll come back to the, the that same task that you did, but it's all flipped over now. Oh, and so you've been primed, yeah. And, and then they then they mess with you. So, but the people wow. who do that are just plain devious. And of course, it comes with upgrades. So every time it's upgraded, it, it just gets worse <laughs> and worse. But uh, we've come a long way from Pong. Yeah, I'm kind of a my Simon guy on uh, on face. Or my on, my uh, Simon. Yeah, with the four colored pads and. It does, you know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It plays different patterns, and you got to follow the patterns. And there you go. It was a great game when I was a kid, but now it's made its way to the iPad, so that's off. Now you don't have a Verizon FiOS, do no, you? No, I don't. Their 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 iPad app is great. You can you can program your DVR anywhere. Uh, I can do that with Directv. Oh, can you? Yeah. Yeah. Now, does it have an app? Yeah. Yeah, th- that app is just really. Yeah, I have it on my in Android fact, I, phone. Yeah, I prefer to the on-screen version. So if I want to like 
uh, program something, I, I just go to my iPad and do it. It's a lot now, easier. I got a little I, IR guy that plugs into, I have a older iPod Touch that I don't use for anything. I got it free with my computer. Uh-huh. And that's now my universal remote at home, little IR thing that plugs into the headphone. Oh, no jack, kidding. And it, it yeah, 20 bucks. Hard that's to go a cool wrong. idea. Yeah. Okay. Nagel. Nagel. Uh, the text is John 6, 1 to 40. The liturgical context, uh, it fits when we're recording, but not when we're running this, is Litare, which is the fourth Sunday in Lent Old Lectionary. Right, but this will play right after Palm Sunday. Yeah, it's so. going to play during Holy Week. But it's still, I think it, it, it still fits. And uh, Litari, of course, is, is the pink Sunday. It's rose. <laughs> For, it's not pink, it's rose. And I mean, have you seen the Facebook things on this? It's great. You know, people arguing that pink used to be a manly color. You can't even say that with a straight face. You know, this is the sort of thing that church splits are made of. It's pink. just stupid enough. Absolutely. To split the whole church, I think. <laughs> the, if it is, then the church isn't worth saving. Ro- Rosenblatt point. talks about uh, some uh, Scandinavian synod in the in the North Midwest that uh, split over the question of beards or mustaches, which is more sanctified. <laughs> so I think I think uh, pink and non-pink w- is just stupid enough to break fellowship. I think he makes over. up those things. I'm sure he did because he, he talks about he talks about a parish that he was involved in that argued over um, hydrox versus Oreos at uh, <laughs> at, at coffee hour. <laughs> So, but it's just ludicrous you know, enough to make you step back and say it's possible. Yes, it has it has <laughs> the element of plausibility. Those those of us who hung around the Lutheran Church long enough know this is entirely plausible. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's get on. Do to you the own good. any pink? I well, I own some pink shirts, but no pink vestments. Whoa. Yeah. You have pink shirts? I do. I actually have um, one of my favorite Hawaiian shirts is kind of aqua blue, but it's got pink flamingos oh, all over it. It's awesome. I just got a, I got a cool one recently. Uh, I was up in Ventura about a month ago and, and visited Bruce at the Hawaiian shirt yeah. shop. Yeah. And I got I got one with a, with a Bengal tiger on it, which Ooh. is really cool. Is it embroidered or is it? Uh, no, it's it's uh, like but, a but it turns print. out it's it's old. You know, all of his shirts are, are from the 40s and the 50s. Some and they are, look yeah. like they're new. They look like they're off the rack. And and he just gets these at estate sales, yeah, or divorce he's, sales. He's got a big warehouse full. I'm going to call ahead next time I go up and give him my size <laughs> and say, you know, these are the things that I'm looking for, and see if he'll go root them out. Of oh, he warehouse. says he has celebrities. They call him at like 11:30 at night. Can you open the shop? Serious? Yeah, he had what's his name? Uh, uh, George Char- Clooney, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> we had Nicolas Cage. He was Charlie about, Sheen came and vomited on his front door. He had, had Nicolas Cage coming. I guess Nicolas Cage was about as wired as Charlie Sheen was. But but no, he had George Clooney roll up at eleven thirty night in a, in, a, in a limo, dashed immediately, just ran right out of the limo, straight into the store, locked down the doors and everything like that. Yeah, like anyone even noticed that there. Well, you know, it was one of those things where I think the attempts made to cover up his presence drew more attention right, yeah. than his presence. You know, yeah. if he just kind of rolled up in a Prius, yeah, nobody no would have noticed. noticed. Yeah, or they would have mistaken him for Ed Bagley, and nobody would have cared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Norman Nagel, John six one to forty. Followed along in your pew Bible. By the way, I got this one there sure from from Bruce. Yeah, you know, yeah. is this Tommy Bahama? I have. Nice. Ooh, yeah. I, I have I you know I've come full circle on Hawaiian shirts. I used to despise them. Yeah, I'm now the proud owner of about ten of them. Attaboy. 
And 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 every time I go up to Ventura, I add two more at least. I, nice. I got I love I love Hawaiian shirts. You In fact, I wore image. one to a board of ed meeting the other night. I, I saw a picture of you on the interweb with your collar and yeah. a Hawaiian shirt on over it. Higher things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fact, we started a very unfortunate tradition as I auctioned one off. Uh-oh. Unlaundered. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a smelly German man. Oh, so, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> and believe me, I mean, it was warm. The perspiration was heavy. Nasty. But But, yeah, That's no, we nasty. auctioned off. Now they're looking forward to it. I, I hear there are Canadians who are angling for the Hawaiian shirt at the Bloomington, Illinois conference. Wow. Wow. Scary. Okay, let's get to Nagel. I have to go to Goodwill now to get some cheap Hawaiian shirts because I'm not I'm not auctioning off any of Bruce's shirts. I love his shirts. Walmart, I'm... go to Walmart. Really? Yeah. Cheap. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, here we go. Norman Nagel, John Six, Lightare. Gospel takes us further into John Six, into which we were brought by the traditional gospel for Laitara Sunday, John Six one to fourteen. Laetara, that is the introit, rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all you who mourn over her. There is mourning and there is rejoicing. Laetara is not just a little slice of rejoicing to give us a bit of a respite from an observance of Lent that is all mourning, gloom, and beating us down as we look at ourselves and make a good showing of repentance. Oh, what sinners we are, we are. Oh, what sinners we are. (laughs) If you want to ward off any impulse to rejoicing, even on Good Friday, uh, you flog them some more with the reproaches. (laughs) We do the reproaches. Bulwark and resource against this. There is mourning and there is rejoicing all the way through Lent. Not only mourning, with a little flicker of joy at Laetara and the real joy on Easter Day. Thank goodness Lent is over. (laughs) But both mourning and rejoicing. The difference is whether we are looking at ourselves or at Jesus. At ourselves, then we can only mourn. And if that is what we do in Lent, then that is the Lent we have, mourning and mourning, until Easter Day. Sinners we are. That's a fact. God's law says so. We are fit only uh, to be damned. Is there any hope? Is there a savior? Lent says yes. Look, follow. See him damned in your place. Can that be true? Yes, says Lent. Yes, yes, in your place. First Sunday in Lent, Jesus was tempted to be another kind of savior, run a successful program that every unbeliever must be impressed by, bread, spectacular events, and all the world saying, he is number one. Get with him 
if you want to come out on top. Jesus repudiated Satan's theology of glory and held to his path to Calvary, uh, was laid on him at his baptism. And in Lent, we follow. There is mourning and there is rejoicing. We are sinners. We are the sinners he is doing it for. Our sins are where he is at, Lamb of God. And so we do not deny that saving fact by acting as if our sins are still on us with us having to deal with them. If we prefer to keep our sins with us, that is where they stay. So, what's Lent? Lent's gradual themes it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And in place of the Gloria in excelsis, the royal banners forward go. King Jesus, what a king. Nothing going for him. Betel König, as extolled in the Palm Sunday sermon of Dr. Luther, the beggar king. But king he is. He has the donkey, the purple robe, the crown, the throne, with its proclamation of him as king, I-N-R-I, in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. John six fifteen. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the hills by himself. Those associated with him have got it all wrong. Without him in the dark, they sink. Jesus says. Jesus tells them, bread is good, but not bread when it blocks you off from me. The sign was to give you who I am for you. And all you wanted was the bread, not me. The Son of Man, on whom the Father has set his seal, his name with everything in it, specifically life, eternal life, nowhere else but in the Son of Man. Still they don't get it. They talk about themselves. What must we be doing uh, to do uh, the works of God? Uh, give up cursing for Lent, or, or dirty jokes, or chocolates. <laughs> Not with bacon. Jesus bacon Monday. points to God's doing, the one whom he has sent. Today's epistle for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin. He condemned sin in that sinful flesh. The one whom God has sent for you, faith, that you believe in him. Still they don't get it. They want to check him out by their standards. What does he have to show? Now, 
Moses showed results. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. Wrong, wrong. Not Moses. Not Moses' manna. But my father. He gave the manna. As Moses himself has said, it is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. And so to be received from him, and so be his faithful people, alive as his people. Bread from God is heavenly bread, from God for the world. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The bread without which there is no life. The bread from the Lord. They said to him, Lord, Give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Those into whom that bread is given, into them life. A life that can as little be destroyed as the Son of Man. I am can be destroyed. The bread or, as Ignatius said, the medicine of immortality. Death cannot destroy those into whom he gives this bread. I will raise him up at the last day. That bread is given into your mouths this day. O oh, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, yours, with the body and the blood given and shed for you. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all you who mourn over her. John 6 culminates with Jesus pointing toward Jerusalem, betrayal, passion, Calvary, and Tetelestai. It's done. There is mourning, and there is honest and happy Lent. Amen. Did you keep bumping the turntable there? Is that <laughs> Dr. Nagel, before he was at Concordia St. Louis, he was the dean of the chapel at Hogwarts, right? Yeah, right. Hogwarts? No, Valparaiso. Valparaiso, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Little Harry, little Harry Potter going on there. Dense stuff. Uh, really good stuff. That's where Happy Lent comes from. There's a, there's a little glitch at the end of, of that sermon, which is too bad. But uh, he's got that, that repeating thing of there's mourning, there's rejoicing. Right. And uh, mourning when we look to ourselves and we make Lent something about us. And rejoicing when we fix our eyes on Jesus mm. and what he has done to save us. And and this refrain to we are all sinners. Nagel's the one who really turned me on to the gradual during Lent. The let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, that's a great one. And and it really is fantastic. And and that's the Pietism killer right there. Also, is get your eyes off yourself, 
stop focusing on yourself. And and this to me also seems to do violence to the notion of uh, going on a monastic fast during Lent. Is it, where is your focus here? You know, if your if if your focus is on yourself and your fast, uh, you you're probably not quite focusing quite properly here. Yeah, well, when this this uh, episode airs, we will be in the middle of Holy Week, and, and he refers to Good Friday as well. That's that's another sort of beat-them-up day. We, we do use the reproaches, you know, how can you do this to me, oh, my people? Have you ever seen that? I mean, Wait, this, no, this I'm the, not sure what the reproaches are. What, the, they're, what are the reproaches? They come from, oh, where do they come from? I think they come from Jeremiah. They, they come from one of the Old Testament prophets, I believe Jeremiah, but it's God lamenting over Israel for Israel's rejection of their God. And, you know, and he recites all that he's done for them, and now they've gone and crucified their God. How can Now, now the, these are controversial because uh, historically they have been viewed as reproaches of the Jewish people. Hmm. Who, uh, you know, th- this goes back to, you know, who's responsible for killing Jesus. And, and so, so liturgically, you know, it's this reproach of the Jewish nation for, you know, God's done all this stuff. He's made them his own people. And now they've crucified their, their, their own king. Um, but it's still in our agenda book. It's still part of the Good Friday observance, and, and we've used it all these years. Uh, now really turned on the church, and uh, but it's it's basically yeah, if, sort of... If the church is the new Israel, then we can direct it back. Right? Yeah, but it's, it's sort of, you know, beating up the church for having crucified Jesus. It, it's It's still... I'm never really totally comfortable with them, just like I've never been totally comfortable with Ashes on Ash Wednesday. This is the counterpart. These reproaches, to me, don't really make good sense, theological sense, in view of what we're talking about when we celebrate, yes, celebrate the crucifixion of Jesus, you know, and, and I think Nagel's, Nagel's thing is great on this. He's using Laetare, the, the Sunday of rejoicing, as a reminder that the only joy that we have is the joy that Christ have when he, when he um, you know, looked to our salvation and he ignored the shame of the cross, who mm, for the joy yeah. set before him uh, you know, endured the cross and scorned its shame. I, I love the fact where, where he says, uh, Lent says yes to hope as it looks forward to Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I never really thought of Lent as a very hopeful kind of season, but if you are really focused toward Easter, it really is, isn't it? Well, you know, it, it's kind of funny, you know, we chimed in with Bacon Monday and, and all of this, but, but you know, it, in a way it's kind of the theology behind the humor I think one of the reasons that we poke fun, uh, it's one of the reasons I poke fun at some of these Lenten pieties, is that they are so all self-oriented. Right. They are all about, you know, our self-flagellation, our, our feeling guilty, our, you know, doing these things so we feel bad. Or you talked about you didn't believe in giving up things, you believed in adding things. Yeah, well, not, not not like adding goodies, but, you know, at our church we've done a, a food drive for right. Lent is what we're doing this year and uh, for uh, a food pantry in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that makes more sense than just becoming monastic and shutting yourself away in a cave and flogging yourself to actually be of service to your neighbor and and sharing Christ in that way also. Well, you know, it's Paul Paul who says in Colossians that the these these outward disciplines which the gnostics were terribly terribly interested in. 
Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you had you had. In fact, that's how you kind of distinguished your your particular sect or group by how rigorous they could be. There's there are these Gnostics, the group of Gnostics that subsisted on a diet of radishes. You know, and I, I like radishes, but only to a point. Yeah. You know? But but we're talking about these extreme acts, or or um, we were talking in the parking lot of church. Uh, you know, my one of my favorite hermits. You know, uh, Simeon Stylites, the guy who sat up on a pole for thirty years. Yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> the, the patron saint of introverts. <laughs> you know? But but all of this kind of self-flagellation completely missing the point that the sinner beating up on himself does not atone for his sin. Right. And Nagel says uh, in this sermon also, if we prefer to keep our sins to ourselves, that's where they stay. That's a great line. A, that is a good that's one, a, isn't Acting it? as if our sins are still on us. Right. And, and, you know, and then this is the kind of Lent you're going to have. It's almost like, you know, Luther's saying, you have the God you believe in. You have the Lent you believe in, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, as we're coming out of Lent, we're heading toward Easter. I think it's a great reminder during Holy Week, this is not about us. This is about Christ and what he does for us. And, you know, all these disciplines, all these liturgical disciplines, all these services, everything else, this, this is not about us either feeling bad about who we are and how Jesus had to suffer for us, but rejoicing that Jesus did suffer for us. Right. And that, you know, this, this, this death covers our sins and therefore gives us joy even in the midst of sorrow, even while we mourn. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We'll see you next time on The God Whispers. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that. He's one who will never leave you flat. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll. The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise his name.